0: Welcome to the Globetrotten ADs. This podcast is for you, athletic directors, activity coordinators, coaches, and program associates based in international schools around the world. The Trotten ADs is proudly hosted by Nick DeForest from the American International School of Vienna and Matt Fleming from the American International School of Budapest. Here they are now, Nick and Matt, and the Globetrotten ADs. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Globe Globetrotten ADs. Here we are, Season 4, Episode 12. Uh, today, our guest is Timothy Baghurst. Tim is the Director of FSU Coach at Florida State University. Uh, it's a master's program he's going to give us some information about. He's also the President of the National Association for Kinesiology and Higher Education, and which I just found out a little bit ago when we were chit-chatting, a certified pickleball instructor, which is very exciting to know about. And uh, well, so we're going to find out about his programs. We're going to find out uh, a little bit of background, on what he does at FSU, and how it can impact our listeners out there in the uh, in the Globe Trotting community. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and say hello to my colleague Nick in Vienna. Nick, it is February one already, 2023. January is behind us but we are still in the midst of the busy, busy winter season so how ya how you holding up over there
1: yeah yeah we're doing great um yeah busy but exciting basketball tournaments and i know for you swim meets it's uh it's uh back to normal um which is exhausting and exhilarating at the same time but uh great great to be here and have another episode about uh, a masters program so hopefully this catches the interest of, of our listeners you know we had one last week uh which was a masters of ed and then yeah, totally different one. Well, maybe not totally different. We'll find out, but definitely different in name, Masters uh, in Coaching from the Florida State University. So that's pretty cool. I think, uh, Tim, thanks for taking the time to be here today.
2: My pleasure. And and I should mention thank you because you were on my show uh, a few months ago. So it's much appreciated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a good time. No, uh, on the video there and talking a little bit about international schools and, and coaching in general. So that was fun. And yeah, great to to go back and forth with you now and, and dive into your side of what you do. So why don't you start us by yeah, just telling us a little bit uh, about you
2: and how you got to FSU. Sure. Well, long story short, I uh, originally from England and spent a lot of time in in some different countries growing up before doing most of my education in England and Wales, and then transferring that to the US where uh, I did a master's in Texas and did my doctorate in physical education at the University of Arkansas, did some stints at Arkansas, teaching in colleges, uh, did a, a seven-year stint in Oklahoma at Oklahoma State University, teaching there. It was there really that coaching really took off for me, though. I had always always wanted to, to go into coaching. And going through my academic world, there was no coaching degrees. And there still aren't many, but I I had an opportunity where I experienced somebody telling me they were going to coach a sport and and then told me they had no experience playing that sport or training in that sport, which I couldn't believe. You're coaching a sport, you don't know anything about the sport. And it was really just to, to get a paycheck. So I went to our Dean at the time and just said, I, we, I think we can do something in this space of developing coach education in Oklahoma. Will you let me do it? And after doing some research with athletic directors and so on, she, she gave me the green light. So we started developing coach, coach ed programs in, in Oklahoma. Well, the opportunity came for me after a few years of doing that to come to Florida state and, and develop something a little bit bigger. You mentioned we have a master's degree. Yes, I'll talk about that in a minute. But but I wanted to come to Florida State to to develop a center for coaching education rather than always expecting people to come to us and get training. Can we also go to them and give training? And to my knowledge, this is the only coaching center in the country. So we we go out to organizations, we go out to schools, we go out to Clubs and we teach, we provide that education, go to conferences as you know, invited speakers and so on. Right. And so that we give back because a lot of times universities can be very internalized, bring students in, generate revenue. Hey, you're doing a great job, Tim. Well, that's really important. We want to get paid. But we also want to give back to the community in in the ways that we can. So, we do things. I, I mentioned all of the the speaking and training engagements we do. Uh, another example, I do a monthly newsletter where we put out coaching content and leadership content for people in sports. I do the the FSU Coach Live interviews. You are, you are a guest on that. We put those out on our YouTube channel and then on a podcast as well. And. And it's like what you're doing here. it's it's free learning. it's easily accessible and you don't have to pay a fortune to to do something extravagant. right? Well, that being said, we we do have a master's degree. It is hundred percent online. Mm-hmm. When I came here, I had the opportunity to build it from scratch. Most universities don't do that. They say, Nick, we want you to build a, a sport management degree. Take the classes that exist in the university, piece them together, and we'll call it sport management. I'm just saying sport management, obviously, because athletic directors, but it could be any degree. And, And that's what I had to do at Oklahoma State. So we had a degree, but it wasn't what I really wanted it to be. Coming here, I was given permission to build the whole thing from zero, which meant hiring new people, creating new classes. So we really, I used the slogan, by coaches for coaches. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we do. It is hundred percent online. We don't have tests. I'm not a big fan of tests. Um, I'm a big fan of reflection and and discussion. We don't schedule specific times where we meet for class, because guess what? If I say we're meeting in uh, 8 PM on a a Wednesday night, that's going to be a problem for you and Matt because it's gonna be an awkward time of day or or early morning, that's not fair. So we we don't do that either. And then we also did a flexible schedule because you talked about it in in just your intro, you're in the busy season. So why should I expect you to take as many classes during that season as you would in maybe an off season or or a cool down season? So, So we allow students to take as many or as few classes as they want we have football coaches, for example, they don't even take a class during season because it's just too much. Sure. So they do their season, get to the off season and then take classes. So it really is flexible. And then I also um, have worked for the university to do a pilot program where we're offering a, a $12,000 scholarship for out-of-state and international students to encourage them to, to study at FSU. If you live in Florida, the, the cost is quite reasonable. If you don't live in florida it's i'll be honest it's not cheap so we wanted to help buffer that by saying hey you want to come to a top 20 university in the country we'll we'll try to help you get here because we've got a really good program uh so that's where i am uh that's our program that's what we do um there we are yeah tim
0: just just curious about that. How long did it take, since you developed that from the ground up, how long did it take you to develop all the courses and, and build a curriculum and get it ready so that it was good for presentation or, or good to start teaching?
2: It went from, it went from zero to approved in a year. Hmm. And yeah, I saw your eyebrows raised. If you're listening, eyebrows were raised. It's very <laughs> uncommon. It's very uncommon to be able to do it that fast what we had a lot of support from the board of trustees we have a state system here so it's not just a group that oversee FSU but also uh, several other universities in Florida who all have to have input on this you can't create a degree in coaching if your if your neighboring university who's in the same system has a degree in coaching They may have a say of like, you're taking our students. We don't want you to do that. So there, it is a big process to get this approved, but there was a lot of support all the way up as coaches are under-trained, they're Mm -hmm. underpaid, they, they don't necessarily know what they're doing all the time or why let's help Floridians with this. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the primary goal is Floridians, which is why we have in-state tuition, Now Florida rec- Florida state recognizes, well, we can market this out everywhere. There are people everywhere who could, who could benefit from this right. and carry on the flag of FSU in, in other states and other countries. Yeah. What we did is we started with creating the classes. Again, that takes tons of paperwork. You, you can't imagine. Well, maybe you can, you're an athletic director. Okay. The, the paperwork required to get these things approved so we started with okay what are we going to teach in the first semester, second semester, third semester and so we systematically developed those as we went along rather than developing 10 classes at once. Wow. That's pretty interesting and how it's it's only been a few years so what
1: what's your enrollment like or how's that that grown since since you launched?
2: Yeah, we're actually we're not even 2 years old. Uh we opened uh summer of 21 so we're coming up to our second year anniversary and we enroll in summer, fall, and spring, and we see different enrollment numbers for each semester. Summer tends to be the quietest, fall tends to be the heaviest, and then spring follows. This spring, we had record numbers. We we had a full cohort. cohort. I say cohort, it's not really a cohort, but we had 25 st- students accepted into the program. I think in the fall, we had 19. So I'm expecting, a good number coming back in the fall. This summer enrollment still open. So March one is the deadline for summer start. So I don't know where we're going to be there, but we have about, about 45 students in the program. And it, it, I say about, because some are taking one class a semester, Mm -hmm. some are getting it done in 12 months and, and, and busting through. So it really, Depends on which semester we're in, determines yeah, right. like how many we actually have in here. Uh, but we have seen rapid growth in the program.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's a, like you said, that's the beauty of it the flexibility it offers uh, at your pace. And when you, is there a time limit when you have to get it all done by?
2: Gosh, I think it's, it's don't quote me on this, seven years?
0: Oh, okay. That's
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're taking a class a semester, you're done in about three years anyway. Because you have summer, fall, spring. Yeah. Um, most people will take a, a class in in season, couple classes in off season, couple classes in the summer. That's two years and you're done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the program I wish I had taken. Okay. I mean, really, I, I built it with. I mean, it was like a kid in a candy box, right? I have, I can, I can put in the classes that I really think coaches need to know, and it wasn't just my opinion. And we have an advisory board of. People around the world who provide input as to what coaches need to know. But it really was, I don't have to rely on, oh, we have to take sports nutrition with somebody whose research interests are, you know, diabetes in the elderly. Yeah. And has no experience coaching whatsoever and doesn't know anything about really about sports. No, 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 no. Everybody in our program who teaches either are or or work coaches. I mean, myself, I you mentioned I coach pickleball recreationally i also coach the the junior national team for for usa racquetball i'm out there doing it i bring that into my classrooms and i think that's
1: important what you said you could put the classes you wanted and you wish you took it so what's tell us one class give us like your favorite or which one that jumps out
2: at you that you really really are happy with i'll give you two one of them i teach one of them one of my my colleagues teaches uh, the first one my college teach, teaches is called Coaching the Athletes 360.
0: Okay.
2: The, the idea behind this is we know that the mental health and well-being of student athletes is a huge concern at the moment. Um, I just posted on social media uh, about five minutes before we started. There are there are reports of athletes in a high school not far from where I live who threatened to kill another player on social media. Okay. And it they, this person who was threatened is the only black player on the team. I mean, it's, these are real problems. Yeah. We have to, as coaches, how do we deal with a problem like that? How do we handle it? What do we do about it? How do we stop it from even happening in the first place? Yeah. So the Coaching 360 looks at those kind of soft counseling skills mm-hmm. of, of working with athletes as people. And that's huge. I mean, we have our sports psych class, but that's about performance, right? That's about making Nick and Matt better on the field or pool or wherever they're competing. Right. This is about really caring for your athlete and and ensuring that, that one day they invite you to their wedding yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so that's one class we developed that, that I've never seen before. The second one, which is a a personal interest to me, and I I think as you as well, having been an international student and studied in in several different countries, I've seen how hard it is to make that adjustment, to to translate into another culture, uh, sometimes another language and environment for sure, Mm -hmm. and and even an academic world. And so we developed a class called Coaching um, International Perspectives of Coaching, which is looking at how do... How do coaches coach differently in different countries? What can we learn from that? And then as coaches, how do we coach athletes who are from different cultures and countries? Mm-hmm. Because even in the US, we may have a somebody who is born in Miami, grew up in Miami, but their entire family came from Cuba.
1: Right.
2: Well, their, their upbringing and their, their understanding of family and teams may be very, very different right. to what mine is. And if I don't understand that or learn their their background and, and appreciate that in the way I coach, I'm not going to be as effective as I could be. So that's a really fun class because we get to look at just how di- things are done differently in, in different countries. And then how do we make sure that the athletes that we have in our environment are, are understood? Right. Wow, well, sounds like two classes I would enjoy.
0: Yeah, it does sound interesting because you 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 see and hear probably a lot of different perspectives based on how coaches manage their teams, their strategies, but also the way, you know, they, they develop their culture within their teams mm-hmm. with a different culture. And so yeah. I got to imagine that's, that's gotta be pretty cool to take. Who And just curious, the, the guys who teach that, are they like yourself like for, or is that one you teach or is that like former international folks?
2: Yeah. I teach international perspectives. Um, As I mentioned, I I grew up all over the place and um, I've been in the U S almost 20 years. That's hard to believe, but with a gray beard does, uh, does suggest I've been here a while, but the, the counseling one is taught by one of our faculty who's a certified mental performance consultant. And, And so she has that background of of working in that environment. So we make sure our, our coaching for human performance class is taught mm-hmm. by a, uh, a long strength and conditioning coach for, for another university. We make sure that, I mean, my goal is to be the best program in the country. So I want to make sure that the students get the best experience they can and learn the most in the most, in the environment we can put them in that allows them to learn the most. We're online, it's not easy. Yeah. I'd love to be face-to-face with with our uh, students. I, I do believe that they would learn more if I can see right. their faces when we talk, when we have that group discussion. But that's not achievable in the environment that we're in. Yeah. If Nick, if you wanted to do our program, you can't give up your job. And move to Florida and incur insane amounts of debt in order to study for a couple of years to get this master's. That's not, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so, what we found is about 90% of our students are working full time in either athletic director positions, sports administration positions, or they're coaching full time. Okay. And that's where we want to meet them. Stay where you are let's help you get better where you are rather than forcing you to do what i had to do which was move 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 uh find a job yeah. all those fun things while i was there in order to to get the education that i have
1: right. you know you mentioned athletic director coaches uh, yeah. do you know what they're what they're trying to do is this are they trying to coach at a higher level and want the masters um to help them get there or they just want to be be better at what they're doing now do you have a feel for that?
2: Yeah, it's it's both. Yeah. Uh, a lot of inquiries. I'm a high school coach, and I want to coach college.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, rarely is it I'm a coach and I want to get paid more. Yeah. We don't really get that. Sometimes that's an ancillary benefit, right? If you do your if you do your master's degree, you could argue you're going to be better at your job. If you're better at your job, you're going to be more visible, more successful, and therefore more likely to get those better jobs. So there is that investment. I mean, let's be honest. If I didn't do my degrees, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in today. I had to do them, but those degrees didn't make me get the job. It gave me the skills necessary to be good at what I do, so that I got the job. Yeah. Um, but we also have some who who just want to get better. Mm-hmm. They just want to get better. I, I know that I don't. I know that I don't know. Yeah. something and I want to know it and we have a few very several military police force type uh, students who are I'm going to retire in five years and I've loved sports I've coached on the side all during my career and I really want to go into it with a passion when I retire and so we have the average age of our student is Probably in the thirties, maybe, yeah, definitely in the thirties. We don't get the student who graduates their college degree and then just walks straight into the masters, not, not very typical. Usually they've been teaching a few years or, or working in sports for a few years and say, okay, I know a little bit more. Now I realize I, I I need to know more. Let me go get trained
1: Yeah,
2: or save that money saved up some money after
1: after the first round of university right
2: right well that's the benefit of working working while you do it is it's not the expense of just rapid debt that you're going to be paying off for the next couple decades not speaking from experience of
0: course (laughs) (laughs) so that's a pretty nice perspective of your your students are any of them international or how many of them how many of them do would you say are international
2: Um, we had our first international student admitted to our program this spring, and that is, that is a hope of mine, not just because, Hey, I look, we've got students all over the world, but I want your perspective. I want to learn from, from you in Lebanon or Turkey or Austria, wherever you are. Yeah. I want that perspective and I want our students in classes to gain that perspective too. We do have students in our program who are international, but they are international living in the U S for example, they may be a student athlete. We had a student, we had a, uh, uh, one of our FSU students was um, from Switzerland mm-hmm. and, and got a scholarship to come to, to the U S and play basketball. And he was a fifth-year student, and so he did his master's. This is his last season, and now he's playing in France, I think, Okay, and graduated with his degree. So we do get some of those as well, uh, but the the pure I don't live in the U.S., I'm going to be a student, we we just had our first one this spring. Uh, neat.
1: Well, you mentioned before the international scholarship, and you also mentioned March 1st as a summer cutoff. Do those those two work together? Um, is that is that scholarship up for people that might want to? start taking classes this summer
2: yeah the 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 summer deadline is March 1st as I said and students who apply who are who are international will automatically be uh, considered for that scholarship I mean there's obviously some hoops to jump through i.e you need to be accepted into the program and for students I mean we've had inquiries from from students in in some countries, where okay, you've got to pass TESOL, yeah. you've got to be able to speak, speak, and write in English in order to be in this class. Um, but, but once you are ad- ex- formally accepted into the program, it's very simple. I send a list of your name to the administration, and that that scholarship is applied to your
1: tuition. We'll put the links to your program, and uh, you know your Twitter name and everything in the show notes. Um, if people want to go that way, if they, if they don't get to the show notes, where's the best right now that they can go and find out more information to.
2: Yeah. You know what, if you look for FSU coach, you're going to find a variety of things because there happen to be about 26 FSU coaches who are head coaches, not to mention yeah. all the assistant coaches. And so you can get lost in the, the football, yeah. uh, or the tennis or the basketball the, of, of FSU. Truly, the easiest way to, to is to look for my name, Timothy Baghurst. That's that's hard to miss. There aren't many of us out there in the world, yeah. and, and from there, I, I've got the links on my social media and LinkedIn, and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You you can find me everywhere, yeah. and and that's a good way for to ask questions and, and just learn a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that's great. I hope I hope um, people out there are interested and in, in, want to dive in because that'll just you know one yeah. coach takes a program like this it improves everybody you know it's we love sending people off on pd and they bring so many things back you know to the entire program and
0: yeah for, and for me, it's great to hear these different types of math i mean i have a master's i got mine in outdoor education actually about 19 20 years ago which was great at the time and it was uh, the reason i took it was because it was something different i didn't want to go into administration i didn't want to get a pe i have a a bachelor's in PE but I didn't want to get a master's in PE so it was something different it was it was really interesting so I'm, I'm happy to hear that there's types of programs like this which are just different and unique but super beneficial if you're in this field um, and something that I think would be very interesting and you can learn a lot from and just have fun while you're taking these courses I think
2: yeah it, it is fun it's a lot of work too and yeah. I, I do think we've had some students come into our program thinking, uh, coaching, this will be fun, and and realize, no, we've, we've got standards. We're a top 20 institution in the country. I mean, that's with all the Ivy Leagues, you name it, we're in the top 20 because we have standards, because we expect you to work, and we expect you to learn. And um, maybe some of the, the people that did try to come in maybe didn't have that that understanding of of work ethic and, and dedication. Um, but that's that's a small minority. Yeah. What I will add, Matt, given this is kind of a an AD podcast, is we do have people who are in administration in our program. And, and to some extent, why is that question, right? You can go do your sport management, your ed leadership, whatever. But one of the arguments that that I'm being given, because I asked that question, why are you in this program when you could be in another program that is right in your field? And the answer that that came back has been interesting, which is because I need to learn from other areas to better my own area. And if I'm in my area and I'm just learning from my area, I'm really not learning anything new. And The other argument that, that has been presented to me is, I'm not a coach. I'm an athletic director. But if I, I need to know what coaches know and what coach or what coaches should know and what coaches do in order to communicate with them in a way where they understand me and I understand them and I have some respect from them. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of athletic directors, maybe not in the school systems, but, but now we're seeing in higher levels, professional sports, certainly colleges in the U.S., they don't have much sporting experience. Maybe they were an athlete, but they never coached. Right. And now they're directing coaches yeah. and not speaking the same language. So there's also that argument too. So we, we do have people in national governing bodies, for example, who are in our program. <laughs> and to me, it's like, why are you in our program? Yeah. And that's the response I'm getting. And so you know, as athletic directors out there, this is a good way for you to learn what coaches should be coaching and why they should be coaching it rather than the assumption, well, they know their sport. I'm sure it's fine.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, recognize statistically about 90% of coaches get no formal training and of the 10% that do, the majority of it is in care and prevention. So those coaches most of those coaches aren't trained the way they should be, so maybe you should be as an a d so that you can help wow. yeah, that's some great points and really interesting stat. I'm sure that stats from from the u s right uh yeah uh, I interviewed the yeah. executive director of the National Council for youth sports yeah. i uh, obviously in Europe it's higher yeah. it's better the numbers are better Well, I was just thinking
1: international school coaches are would be would be way lower. We way lower. You yes, know, we we don't. I don't know any school aside from a handful that really even cares if their coaches have any sort of coach training, in in mm. you know care or the sport or or anything. It's just it's warm bodies, right? And and you know, usually yeah. they're teachers. They're trained as teachers and they're good educators, of course.
2: Um, so I'll tell you a true story. I actually grew up in an international school in West Africa. Spent uh, eight years in in those schools. And I had PE in those schools and none of our teachers to my knowledge had any coaching credentials. Any When we went and played sports, they had no coaching credentials. And many times they were coaching a sport. Again, they hadn't played or, or been trained in. That was one of the, the real reasons why I wanted to go into coaching. Because I've gone and interviewed for jobs where they will ask me who, you know, who inspired you as a coach or who inspired you in sports. And and I had to tell them, actually, it was the opposite. Right. I was getting run into the ground because I was punished for whatever it was that I didn't do, or I was being trained this way. And I didn't think it was a helpful or, beneficial way to train but nobody knew any different one of one of my pe teachers who also did our sports was military -military. ex-military so he ran it like a military camp and we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna run until we collapse kind of attitude this is what we're doing yeah don't ask questions yeah we're (laughs) not gonna okay why are we doing this because i said so yeah you know and in those environments, there is no training. And so my experiences were, were very negative to some extent. And I said, I think there's a better way and I want to know how to do this. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying, Nick. It's, it's a lot of we need a, a parent to help out. And you say it's part of the international school system. It's becoming that way in the U.S. in the school systems, too, where in Florida, I heard recently about fifty percent of school coaches do not work in the schools. Wow. They are outside of the school system, yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it's becoming more, uh, more so. Yeah. We've got to train coaches. They they need to have it at least a minimal training, yeah. but if you want them to be effective in a in, in a positive way. They need more than that.
0: Cookery
1: are a global multi-sport clothing brand specializing in providing the world's most prestigious schools with bespoke made and designed team uniforms for students of all standards and abilities. If you are frustrated by inconsistent colors, branding, costs, and sizing across your school's uniforms, then it's time to discuss an offering where every sport is available from softball to soccer, for male and female athletes at rates to suit your budget to find out how cookery could elevate the apparel of your student athletes to a professional level email the team at contact at a dedicated sales manager will offer you a quote today mention this ad and receive a special offer on your coach or pe staff order
0: all right tim well thanks for. Join us today and in sharing insight about your program and about yourself, and and it's refreshing to hear that your these philosophies and how things, um, you know, your perspectives on on coaching and working with kids and working with athletes. So thank you for joining us today. And uh, before we go, though, uh, one of the things we always like to ask our guests is uh, either usually it's where they're from, so to tell us a little something interesting about Tallahassee or or where you're from, or maybe some place you've been that you really enjoy that you would recommend, or if we make it our way to T- Tallahassee, uh, something we should check out, or if there's something interesting with the food or drink scene there, that would be of interest.
2: Okay, I'll tell you two things. Uh, one, I got to mention Ivory Coast. I spent a lot of time growing up in Ivory Coast. There's a very unique place to visit in Yamasucro, which is is the capital. It's the actual capital. Many people think it's Abidjan, but it's it's Yamasucro. There is something there called the Basilique. And it is essentially a Vatican that okay. was built um, gosh, about 20 years ago now, maybe longer. It is it's incredible. Wow. It's bigger than the Vatican. In fact, the story is told that the the Pope at the time wouldn't come and bless it because it was taller than the Vatican so they promised to build a hospital if he came so he came and he blessed it and then they didn't build the hospital but (laughs) but it is it is truly an astonishing piece of architecture that that nobody knows about and you know i lived half a dozen miles away from it and visited many times and it, it always blew my took my breath away Tallahassee. One of the things that I think you've got to check out, if you're not familiar with this kind of culture and, and environment of, of, kind of the, the swamplands, we don't live in swamps, but there's plenty down here. Is you have to do some kind of gator tour of some kind. Uh, I'm I'm we live on on a lake here where we don't swim in the lake because our neighbors are gators and so at the bottom of our yard we actually have a gator who lives down there and my kids have affectionately given it a name and we've actually um caught it on a fishing line because it tried to to eat our frog bait and and all that fun stuff but but uh yeah definitely do a tour that allows you to see gators And, and in the swamp the swamps are beautiful the gators are um are very interesting and and in general yeah. harmless because they're scared of humans they'll take off if you're near them um their stories of course it happens but in in general they're cool they don't want to have anything to do with us and we don't want to have anything to do with them right. but it's it's, <laughs> it's a pretty neat experience to go and and see them in the wild cool wow two very different things
1: and uh something to check out so yeah thanks for for sharing those those two little things and yeah as matt said everything else about your program and and i hope uh people look it up and you get a couple more international students sometime soon i hope
2: so and thanks so much for having me
0: until next week this has been another episode of the globe ad's